this is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Madhumita Santhanam. And I'm Zen Dixit. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Thiwa people. In honor of Earth Day, which was Saturday, April 22nd, we bring you a special segment by Arturo Sandoval, founding director of the Center of Southwest Culture and the Western Regional Coordinator for the very first Earth Day. This evening, we also learn more about the vaccine equity work that Partnership for Community Action has been doing. We bring you an interview with Cynthia Leon Lascano, who is the Community Program Specialist at PCA. And we have some more community events to share with you and amazing tunes selected by our GJ interns. To kick off our night, here is Mercy, Mercy Me, The Ecology by Marvin Gaze. This 1971 song is about the impact of global warming, pollution, and climate change on Mother Earth and still stands as incredibly relevant today. April 22nd was Earth Day. Why is Earth Day important to you? We hear from Arturo Sandoval, who is the founding director of the Center of Southwest Culture and was part of the national organizing team for the first Earth Day in 1970. Arturo has worked in civil rights, economic justice, human rights, educational disparity and equity, as well as conservation efforts. And is a trailblazer in advocacy for economic, cultural, environmental, educational, and civil rights and development. This evergreen segment about Earth Day was conducted by GJ's very own Victor Torres. Hello, my name is Victor Torres with Generation Justice. I'm here today with Arturo Sandoval, a native New Mexican and founder and president of the Center of Southwest Culture. He was also the Western Regional Coordinator of the very first Earth Day. Arturo, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, I'm a native of New Mexico, as you mentioned earlier, born and raised in northern New Mexico to a very large family. Uh, but at a very early age, uh, I became very concerned about a lot of uh, critical issues facing our country. And I think that was a process of being in uh, college, coming of age at the age of 18, 19. The fact that I actually uh, came to university in a period of great uh, upheaval and excitement in the country, there was the uh, anti-war Vietnam movement. There was the Black Civil Rights Movement. Uh, there was the Chicano Movement starting the Chicano Civil Rights Movement. Uh, there was the Women's Rights Movement uh, starting. So uh, as a young man, it was incredible to be able to see all these different uh, movements happening. And I got really engaged in all of those issues at a very young age. So uh, that's how I came to Earth Day. I saw that there was really a holistic approach to all of the issues we were facing that I believe that uh, a lot of the same uh, people that caused uh, bad housing or that were polluting rivers and, and companies like that were basically the same people that were discriminating against people because of the color of their skin or exploiting people for, for personal profit. So to me, I didn't see a difference between the women's rights movement, the Chicano civil rights movement, the black civil rights movement, or in this case, what emerged as the environmental movement. And you also um, founded the Center of Southwest Culture. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, I founded the Center of Southwest Culture about 21 years ago. And the reason I founded the center was I wanted to have a formal institutional setting, a way for me to be able to impact communities, to build uh, healthy communities, especially in underserved communities, especially Latino and Native American communities. So the center uh, works to create healthy people and healthy communities, mostly uh, in what we call the greater Southwest. So that means uh, northern Mexico and the greater U.S. Southwest. And we do it through economic development. We do it through cultural and educational programs. So I've been at that formally for 21 years, but I've actually been engaged in building community for about 46 years since I was a young man of about 18. Well, that's amazing that you have been at it that long. On the very first day, you were quoted as saying, we are going to make people understand that the kind of things that cause air pollution and water pollution are the same kinds of things that cause poverty, that cause hunger in this country. What did you mean by that? And is it still true today? Yes, and I, again, I think what I meant by that was that the same kind of uh, values, the same kind of values that would uh, make people think that it's all right to pollute the planet, that to use our very limited water resources with no uh, interest or concern about the consequences of how they're destroying these very critical resources of land and air and water for the simple purpose of creating personal wealth are the same core group of people or the same people who share the value that think it's okay to exploit people. And if you if you think it's okay to do, exploit both the natural resources of the planet, I believe you're the same kind of person person that thinks it's okay to exploit people because of the color of their skin or because they have a disability or because they're a woman. So I believed that then and I think, and that's why I got so deeply engaged in Earth Day and organizing the first Earth Day, but it's why I continue to do the work because I know that the problems we had 42 years ago in Earth Day are just as bad, if not worse. In some areas we've improved and in other areas it's gotten worse. I think that is still going on today, and I think we have made a lot of improvements. And there seems to be a lot going on around the country. Can you tell me what else was going on and why people really wanted to make a day and really wanted to bring environmental issues? Well, it was a period of great activism, as I told you, with the Black Civil Rights Movement, the Chicano Civil Rights Movement, the Women's Movement. So people were already very active. And the idea of spending a day... Uh, on behalf of the earth, demonstrating on behalf of the earth really resonated at that point in America. So on Earth Day, there were more than 20 million people out doing peaceful, positive activities all over the country. More than 20 million Americans turned out, and it's still the single largest uh, civil action in the history of the United States. So I'm very proud to have been a very small part of that. But what happened then, the reason that people responded is, for example, we were polluting all of our rivers. Our rivers are actually catching fire. I forget which river it was. That Maybe it was in Pittsburgh or in Ohio, where there was a chemical company putting so many chemicals out there that one night uh, there was a fire started on a little boat and the whole river looked like the water was burning because it had so many chemicals. And I think that image went across the country and it startled people into thinking, oh my God, I mean, is it is that the level we've gotten to? So as a result of Earth Day, a lot of major initiatives were enacted at the national level. So uh, the Clean Air and Water Act was passed. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, was started 
there was just a whole bunch of formal legislation that was passed unanimously by a bipartisan support in, in both houses of Congress and by then President Nixon of all people. And we were able to clean up the rivers and make our air a lot safer. So in that way, we've, we've gotten really good. The long-term deficit, the things we didn't realize was that that value, that negative, what I call a negative value, that people think they can enrich themselves personally at the expense of everyone else on the planet, continues to be a very dominant theme in most capitalist systems. So it's unfortunate that that's still there. Now we're facing uh, global warming and, and, you know, the planet really is in peril. And, it's, and you never want to just, you don't want to say, oh, we're, the planet's dying. But there's serious issues and we really need to address them. And the first Earth Day has not obviously not solved that problem. So it's important for all of us, especially youth, to really get involved at a local level in trying to figure out how can I help just every day in some small way? What's one little thing I can do every day that makes the planet healthier? Yeah, I think it's important to keep on because we have to live on this planet and it's our duty to take care of it and to make sure that we're doing all we can. Absolutely. And I think we're all connected. And I've always thought, Victor, that I've always thought back to my great grandfather, who was named Leonardo Sanchez. He was a land grant member in in the Tecolote land grant in San Miguel County in northern New Mexico. And he was an activist in fighting against the encroachment. The fact that their common lands, their Mexicano lands were being stolen by outside people who wanted to take their land for their own purposes. It's the same thing that's happening with when you pollute a river, you're taking some Something that does not belong to you for your own personal gain. And he was what they called the Goras Blancas. They were they were fighters against this encroachment. And my grandfather was one of those people. So that was a hundred more than a hundred years ago, 120, 30 years ago. Yeah. But I see myself as part of a long connection of people in history. So my role is to do my part in my lifetime and to honor my grandfather by my work and to encourage my children. And now I have a beautiful new one-year-old grandson is I need to pass along the torch to him so that he understands that it's, that it's important that he work to save the planet and to work for peace and justice. Well, that's great, and I'm glad there's people out there like you that are, are trying to pass on the torch for future generations. And I likewise think it's wonderful that there's people like you and Generation Justice that actually care enough at a young age to really want to make a difference. And not only do you want to, you actually are doing it at a much younger age than I was. So that's really that's really fantastic. It makes me feel very proud to know that the younger generation does care and the younger generation is engaged. And I think you guys are a lot smarter than we are. I don't think we had Wheaties when I was a kid, and you guys do, so... I can tell you guys are a lot sharper than we were back in the day. Well, thank you for saying that. And so what can people still do to help in environmental issues? Well, you know, it's such a huge problem that you think when you look at it, if you just started reading national media, you would think, well, there's nothing I can do. The problems are too big. But that's not true. There's something you can do every day here locally. If you're living in Albuquerque or in Santa Rosa or in Taos or in Española or in Las Cruces, there's something you can do as a human being. There's great energy that each human has, and we can expend that energy in a positive way locally, doing things locally. So there's a lot of things you can do. You can start by just changing your lifestyle a little bit to use less water every day. We live in a desert. That would be good. But there's a lot of things you 
you can do, you can lobby your legislators. You can write letters to the editor when you see issues and you want them to uh, do something about it. You can organize like Generation Justice does. You organize with other young people and you go meet with people that are in power and you say, this has to change. And I think that does have impact. I know it does have impact because in my own life, I have seen people change uh, behaviors just because they were... They got organized and they stayed at it and they did the work. Each of us in our own village, our own town, our own city, each of us can change the world for the better. Yes, I think that's important um, that the younger generation um, know what is going on and um, just so they can be able to change things and to help out in their communities. So I think that's important. Like you said, everybody can make a difference. So I think that's very profound. Um, listeners that haven't really been involved in our day, why would you encourage them? I don't like to be an alarmist, but I do think the earth is under enormous stress because of human actions. And I think those actions can be curtailed. We have the power as as intelligent human beings to to stop the kinds of activities we're doing now that are really putting a huge amount of stress on the system, on the planet's system. So as long as we have a choice and that it's still not too late, I think all, everybody has an opportunity to get involved in trying to convince those people in power that are creating these issues and these problems that they need to stop. And we can do it. And you, it doesn't require an armed struggle or an armed revolution. It requires people really committed to the issues and people willing to devote their life. Because I started Earth Day in, in 42 years. I helped start Earth Day 42 years ago. But the struggle goes on. I have to do something every day. And I do something every day. I try to commit myself every day to make the planet a better place. Just that, like you said, people can make a difference and you just have to be deeply engaged. And is there anything else you would like to add? No, I just, I'm very hopeful and I'm very hopeful for the next generation. And I'm, as I say, I'm honored to be, uh, to know the, all of the, uh, a lot of the people in Generation Justice. You're all really brilliant young people. And I feel better. I sleep better at night knowing that you guys are out here actually uh, trying to change the world in a positive way. It makes me feel a lot better about the future of the planet. Okay, thank you. And thank you for being a role model to us. You then thank you for being in your community, working hard to make a difference. So thank you for your time. And I really enjoyed this interview. And I likewise, thank you so much. Thank you, Arturo, for helping create this wonderful holiday and sharing about the importance of fighting against all oppression and bringing to light the intersectionality of Earth Day. Thank you, Arturo Sandoval, for sharing about your lifelong journey and bettering the community. Thank you for speaking about the importance of Earth Day and for bringing environmental issues to the center stage since 1970. I appreciate your work being a part of the organizing team for this important day so that we can work to keep our environment healthy and safe. A special thank you to longtime GJ member Victor Torres for conducting this evergreen interview. Our next song is by Alicia Grant called Wake Up to Reality, bringing awareness to the effects of environmental destruction is an important reminder that climate change is more relevant than ever. Colorful, so good change. 
Bringing awareness to vaccine equity and community health is incredibly important, especially in the current state of the global, deadly, and disabling pandemic. There are many folks and organizations within our community who are bringing awareness to the importance of vaccine equity and equitable access to information about illness, vaccinations, and resources for prevention through the Better Together initiative. One of these organizations is Partnership for Community Action, or PCA, which is an organization that works to address inequity and invest in our community through education, economic sustainability, health equity, and immigrant rights. Tonight, we speak with the Community Program Specialist at PCA, Cynthia Leon Lascano. Cynthia works on projects that address health, equity, economic prosperity, and community engagement. Here's my co-host, Madhumita Santana, our interviewer for this important segment. This is Madhumita Santana with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Cynthia Leon Lascano, Community Program Specialist with Partnership for Community Action. Cynthia's family migrated from Chihuahua, Mexico to New Mexico in pursuit of a better life. Based on her experience as an immigrant and lifelong learning in community spaces, Cynthia pursued a higher education and earned a bachelor's degree in population health and Spanish from the University of New Mexico. She went on to earn a Master of Public Health in Community Health Sciences from the University of California, Los Angeles. As a community program specialist at Partnership for Community Action, she supports a variety of projects and programming around health equity, economic prosperity, and community engagement. Cynthia, welcome to Generation Justice. Hi, Madhu. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, and as um, Madhu mentioned, yeah, my name is Cynthia Leon Lascano. I'm working as a community program specialist. Uh, with Partnership for Community Action. I started this past September 2022 and have since, you know, been working on an array of projects um, around vaccine equity, health, economic prosperity, and, um, you know, everything that has to do with community engagement here in the South Valley, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and just excited to be here and to talk to you all. Most importantly for me is that I always want people to know about my immigrant background. And, um, you know, I immigrated to Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, back when I was seven years old and have been here since. And um, it's always, you know, something that's been at the center of my own work and my, you know, a driving force in everything I do. Um, so I knew from the beginning that when I, you know, entered the workforce, I wanted to be at an organization that. Um, centered around working with immigrant communities, Spanish speaking. Um, so yeah, I think that's the main main thing I'd like people to know. I think that's great that your experiences um, and your work have a great connection and there's that there's a relationship between that. So thank you for sharing more about yourself. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about the mission of Partnership or Community Action and like, what are some of the resources that you offer? Yes, of course. So Partnership for Community Action uh, is an advocacy organization that works at two levels for um, impact. So first up, we have like at the community level, we support leaders to create change for their families and their neighborhoods. And then at the state level, we advocate for systemic change that improves access to quality education, wellness, and economic opportunity for all New Mexicans. 
And so we are located in the South Valley of Albuquerque, New Mexico, off of the, um, off of Isleta, where we, um, we have a couple of different programs. Uh, one of our big ones is to work to implement Abriendo Puertas or Opening Doors, which is a national um, evidence-based curriculum that's 10 sessions long, and it's made by parents for parents of children zero to five. And so we implement Abriendo Puertas across the state of New Mexico, but then we also have other programs uh, around advancing economic um, prosperity, as mentioned earlier. Um, for instance, we have an amazing collaboration with one of our great partners, um, Lucenda Credit Union. Um, and we have this program called Co-op Capital, where we provide loans to um, community members who have a relationship with PCA. And, you know, this program is relationship-based lending rather than your typical lending program where you, um, you know, you have to have a good credit score or, or, you know, that type of stuff. Rather, it's, you know, again, uh, the power lies within the relationship that there is between the existing community member and the organization. And then beyond that, we have, you know, some other health um, equity work, one being Better Together, and we're part of the Better Together Coalition, where we get to work alongside with, um, again, amazing, amazing partners who, um, you know, we all get to advance the vaccine equity in the state of New Mexico and continue promoting um, the health and well-being of families, children, um, the families and children in New Mexico. So there's there's a lot, but, you know, we we do our best to just, you know, um, support parents and families and make change at both the community and systemic level. Thank you for sharing some uh, of your resources and some of the incredible programs that you guys offer and also the uh, partners that you work with. Um, PC is a part of the Better Together initiative, like you mentioned, um, which focuses on vaccine equity in our state, New Mexico. Why did you want to support this vaccine equity effort? Yeah, I think as, you know, and as, as an organization that, um, you know, focuses on growing um, healthy and vibrant communities in New Mexico, we saw the opportunity to, you know, take some of those steps um, but as as a part of the Better Together Coalition. And, um, you know, we also, we recognize that, you know, um, collaboration and partnership with other organizations is, you know, um, one of the driving forces for us to create systemic change in New Mexico and, you know, promote health. And so being part of the coalition just seemed like the perfect fit for us um, because, you know, being part of the Better Together Coalition allows us for strong cross-organizational collaboration that can allow us to advance vaccine equity efforts throughout the entire state. So it just, you know, it just seemed like the perfect match for, for us and then also for, you know, all the organizations also that are part of the coalition. Yeah, thank you. Um, I definitely agree with uh, what you said about how working with other people and collaborating will definitely uh, create social change and uh, in our community. And I, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like if we all work together, we can definitely create a better society. So thank you for sharing about uh, a little bit more about that. 
Um, can you talk to us about the importance of vaccine equity in New Mexico? Yeah, of course. Um, so vaccine equity, you know, um, super important because I think the pandemic has really, really shown us the disparities that there is around, you know, health. Um, and one of them being vaccination rates, but then also access to vaccines. Um, and then just differences in the way communities are affected by, um, you know, COVID. So that includes everything from, you know, again, access to vaccine sites and then um, the way long COVID um, has impacted um, communities that have, you know, been infected by COVID, uh, where re recent studies have been showing that, you know, there's different symptoms for communities of color who have, you know, been affected by COVID, including, you know, everything from, you know, how people um, are able to concentrate and, you know, fatigue and um, how they're able to carry out their day-to-day -day activities. And, you know, of course, research is ongoing, but, you know, initial research is showing that there has been a lot of effects. Um, and that's why it's so, so important for, you know, um, there to be coalitions and organizations that continue a vaccine equity work that, you know, brings the resources, the services, the vaccines directly to the people rather than, you know, them having to go out of their way to, you know, beyond their work, beyond their day-to-day -day lives to, you know, um, find what they need. So, um, again, I think that's why the work that the coalition does is extremely, extremely important because um, the organizations that are part of the coalition are across, are located across the state. So that means that work isn't just, you know, centered in in Albuquerque or like the big cities, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and Las Cruces, it goes much, much beyond beyond that. And so um, there's organizations working, you know, in rural areas of New Mexico. And even thinking about our, our organization, Partnership for Community Action, we're located in the South Valley of Albuquerque. Um, we're technically not even part of the city of Albuquerque. We're part of the, um, the county, right? And that um, sometimes when you're not right in the city, you can, you know, be uh, left behind or city resources don't always um, apply to you and your family. So it's important to make sure that we're, we're reaching everyone, right? Whether they're in, a, in an urban space, a suburban space, a rural um, community. And, you know, that is part of the great work that the coalition does is that we work across all those spaces and we work to bring um, vaccine events to um, people of all communities, all backgrounds, um, and decrease those disparities that we've seen as a result of, you know, the pandemic, but even beyond the pandemic, other health disparities outside of it. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that you talked about how race could play a role in like the symptoms of uh, COVID and um I, I thought that was really interesting. So thank you for talking a little bit more about why vaccine equity is so important in our state. How has your vaccine equity work been influenced or impacted by disinformation? Yeah, I think disinformation is a huge um, barrier for 
for many and even beyond out beyond COVID, um, but specifically uh, related to vaccine equity work. Um, it's been, you know, something that's been ongoing and that we work to address at all points. Um, but I think the biggest is by um, making sure that we're in constant communication with community, right? And that can be both in person and online through, you know, um, social media and other online spaces. And so the biggest um, way we try to address misinformation is by, you know, providing and sharing culturally relevant um, materials and information to community members. And so partnership works a lot um, with Spanish speaking immigrant populations located again in the South Valley. So that means, of course, people come with different backgrounds, different beliefs. And, you know, we want to work alongside uh, those backgrounds and that culture that people uh, bring. And, um, we do that by making sure the content and the materials that we, you know, are sharing is always in the language that people prefer it in. Sometimes it's Spanish, but then sometimes it's other indigenous, you know, languages, right? Or, um, right, there's other organizations and partners that we have that work um, in other languages and, you know, make sure that they also include that information in the relevant language. But beyond just, you know, the language um, accessibility and the equity piece, you know, making sure that the content itself is culturally relevant, right? Um, if we're working with um, Latino populations, sometimes that even comes down to making sure that the if we're sharing a flyer or something, that it's vibrant, that it's attention grabbing, that it's something that the community is going to be um, interested in. And then also that goes back to the, the in-person piece um, where when we do have those vaccine events or those clinics, we want to make sure that um, we have partners and vaccine providers who uh, are bilingual and can, you know, communicate with our community. And sometimes, you know, they aren't and that's, you know, that's okay. So what we'll do is we'll bring a, alongside community members who can um, act as an interpreter for um, those interactions so that there's that trust and there's that um, feeling of being safe and comfortable in a space where, you know, you're doing something big or taking a big decision for your health. And so there's that piece as well where we just try to, again, make it culturally relevant and, you know, a space where people feel comfortable and um, they can feel like we are supporting them and, you know, making that decision for themselves um, in a supportive way. Yeah, thank you for kind of sharing about how we can combat disinformation. And you mentioned being culturally relevant, which I definitely agree with. Um, where can people find out more about PCA and your vaccine equity work? So to learn more about uh, Partnership for Community Action, uh, you can go to um, forcommunityaction.org to learn more about the work that we do and all of our programs. You can also visit us on Facebook at PCABQ. And then on Twitter, you can follow us at 
PCA underscore NM. Instagram, you're welcome to always follow us. And it's PCA underscore NM. Thank you for sharing more about uh, where people can find more information about PCA. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add before we end? Yeah, I think, you know, PC wants everyone to know that we support healthy communities and a piece of it is to continue to be on the watch for COVID and continue to vaccinate yourself or to protect your own individual health as well as the health of your family and your community. And so please, please, you know, um, keep an eye out and, you know, know that PC will be, will be working alongside partners to continue hosting vaccine events throughout the year as, and, you know, if you're always, you're always also in, um, welcome to come visit us at the Social Enterprise Center. Again, we're located in the South Valley on 722 Isleta Boulevard Southwest. And thank you so much uh, to Generation Justice for having us. And thank you so much, Badu, for the interview. Of course, thank you so much um, for speaking with Generation Justice. Um, I appreciate that you spoke about disinformation as well and the importance of knowing about disinformation and how uh, vaccine equity um, can impact or can be impacted by disinformation. So I appreciate all the work that you're doing for our New Mexico community and all of our families. Thank you. <laughs> for Generation Justice, I'm Madhumita Santanam. Thank you, Cynthia, for sharing about the importance of access to factual information on COVID, vaccines, and proper care. And thank you for all the amazing work you, PCA, and the Better Together Coalition members do with vaccine equity. Thank you again, Cynthia, for sharing about your incredible work. The next song of the night was chosen by Cynthia Leon Descano. Here is Abriendo Puertas by Gloria Estefan. She chose this song in honor of PCA's program that is also called Abriendo Puertas. Welcome back. Before we end our show, we want to share the latest information on community events that you can be involved with this coming week. With the earliest event starting tomorrow, Monday, May 1st from 5.30 to 7 p.m. This event is the City Nature Challenge Albuquerque 2023 Community Science in Your Neighborhood and Beyond and Talking Talents, Youth Leadership Educators. You can join this opportunity to explore the plants and animals, the Hedis Creek Riparian Zone and Foothills at the Tijeres Biozone Education Center open space at 15600 Central Avenue Southeast. If you'd like to learn more information, you can contact Jessica Sapunar Jurisic at jessica at cabq.gov or call 505-768-4959. Next, join the Lomas Tramway Library for a Cinco de Mayo celebration and teaching with crafts, games, and treats. This will take place starting 3 to 4 p.m. on You Guessed It, Friday, May 5th. The Lomas Library is at 908 East Ridge Drive, Northeast. And for more information, you can call 505-291-6295. The 26th Annual Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Day will take place on Saturday, May 6th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Come to the National Museum of Nuclear Science and History 
at 601 Eubank Boulevard, Southeast Albuquerque to celebrate and honor cultural ancestry, native languages, unique experiences, and the traditions among ethnic groups from Asia and the Pacific with performances, activities, and more. If you'd like to learn more, you can email narsenal at nuclearmuseum.org or call 505-245-2137. Native High School Students, this event is for you. There will be an ABQ Native Student Assembly this upcoming Saturday, the 6th, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It will take place at the International District Library with the intention of promoting purpose, belonging, and well-being all through a cultural identity. There will be resource booths, connections to community organizations, student discussions, and a moving show aim. You can contact Don Begay at dgbegay at cabq.gov or call 505-768-4547 for more information. Our last event of the night takes place next Sunday before you tune back into our radio program. Come enjoy photography and film from the perspective of youth at the opening day of Focus on the Youth exhibit. This exhibit is at the Albuquerque Museum at 2000 Mountain Road, Northwest. It's made in partnership with the Albuquerque Public School Fine Arts Department. For more information, you can contact 505-243-7255. That's all, folks. Thank you for your engagement in our community. Let's get back to music. To continue celebrating Earth Day, here is Flower Moon by Vampire Weekend featuring Steve Lacey. Flower Moon, curse the night it's gonna take a year Gonna take a year. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of history, community, and equity. We'd like to thank our guests, Arturo Sandoval and Cynthia Leon Lascano. Tonight's hour radio is produced by Roberta Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Sanantita Santana and editing support from Roman Garcia. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Konoma Health Foundation, New Mexico Department of Health and Infectious Disease Bureau, through the Better Together Program, and the Office of School and Adolescent Health. As well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of a Nation by P.O.D. Our last songs of the night include Semillas by Makako, featuring Lila Downs, and Mother Earth by Waki Kuna, an indigenous band from Ecuador. I am Zan Dixon. And I'm Madhumita Santhanam. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Nos enterraron, pero se olvidaron que somos semillas. Nos enterraron, pero se olvidaron que somos semillas. <música>